0: Hi, this is David Steele of the Orlando Magic, and you're listening to the Penny for Your Thoughts podcast from the guys at Orlando Magic UK. Now it's over to Garrett, Mikey, and Paul. Go Magic! In order for the magic to work, you have to truly believe in the magic. Hey, Magic fans, what's good? Uh, welcome to Penny for Your Thoughts, the podcast of the Orlando Magic UK. Uh, this week episode 90 we're going to be talking about starting lineups, rotations and the projected wins. Um, We'll also talk a little bit of Orlando Magic news and our thoughts on the rumoured new uniform designs. So before we get into all that, let's welcome everybody. Connell, how are you doing mate? Fresh back from the States.
1: Yes, I'm very good, thanks Paul. I actually was in Orlando as of Two days ago I was there for a little while. Um, out just on holiday. Unfortunately, no basketball to enjoy this time. But um can never complain with the trip to Orlando, I don't think, can you?
0: Yeah, mate. It look, looked a beautiful place you were staying.
1: Yeah, it was a nice hotel. Um, for anyone interested. Sapphire Falls at Universal, I would recommend it highly.
0: Quality, mate. Quality. Gary,
1: how are you doing, pal? Free Hello. from the
2: rigors of exam marking. I've got a black coffee here, mate, if that (laughs) answers (laughs) the (laughs) question. You're looking very jacked there in the vest, Paul.
0: Cheers, mate. Cheers. I've uh, done very little other than sit in the sun recently, but uh, I need to make some effort. Only 88 days till we go, and uh, I'm not going to stand next to Mikey with uh, the shirt (laughs) off with quite this much dad bod. You've got him, you've got him. (laughs) Speaking of Mikey, how you doing mate, you alright?
3: I'm doing well mate, thank you. I've still got plenty of training to put in as well, don't worry about that mate. that the, the still moves on your back the, painting the...
0: that Sistine Channel, Chapel?
3: Say it again.
0: Are you, are you still on your back <laughs> painting that Sistine Chapel of a barn? You've
3: been I've finished it so that. long mate. i finished that now, that's done. Three weeks worth that was, but there we go. And
0: G, fresh from the... Uh, Hairdressers
4: that was clearly short. How do you doing mate? <laughs> <laughs>
3: very
4: good, very good. It's been one of those days today. Work's been a bit stressful this week and uh, it was one of those days and nothing goes right. But you're trying to do your hair and it's like, oh, I'll, it. I'll just do this. So yeah, that's why it
3: looks a bit different. Did you have your mic- eyes shut? <laughs> how
0: the, how yeah. the hell can I take the mickey out of anybody for the hair? You know, <laughs> it's... I shouldn't be allowed to even make a comment, mate. You two guys ready for Butlins buttlings
3: this weekend? Oh, yes.
4: Yeah, so we go in in about, about 12, 13 hours time, from the time we're recording now. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to it, but I haven't started packing yet.
0: Mate, a couple of magic shirts, pair of shorts, yeah.
3: sorted. Job two done. pair of
0: pants, job done. You don't need any two hair ahead. wax
3: or gel now, so you're sorted.
4: Yeah, I know. <laughs> 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 yeah. Your-
3: <laughs> bring your uh, clippers, Mikey. Bring my clippers. I don't think you yeah. need them, mate.
0: Mikey. Mikey, I, all I would say is don't nod off with G anywhere near you, just because he's going <laughs> to want to get back. He's wor- he's right. not going to want to look bad at side of you, mate.
3: That's alright I'll yeah. put a permanent marker in the bag just in case. I'm I'm, 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 I'm I've always got another trick at the sleeve, pal.
0: <laughs> right heat across his forehead. <laughs> Can you imagine?
3: Miami. In time you know, sun- cream. And- in <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> Go Celtics in the on his arm. <laughs>
3: oh
4: my God. I thought you were my friends.
0: <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, mate, we've had a bit of a rip to start with, haven't we? We'll, we'll lay off you for five minutes. Let's do the All affiliate right. plug. We'll do the affiliate plug and give you five minutes, mate. So sorry to bore anybody. Um, but as always, we're going to do the shameless plug. And as Mikey said last week, if uh, you would like to help us do what we do, there's several ways that you can do it first is simply by subscribing to the pot to the orlando magic uk youtube channel um the reason we ask is simple if we can get to 1,000 subscribers uh on that platform youtube begin to pay us uh that money is used simply for paying for the prizes we offer from time to time uh hosting on the website domain names and a whole lot of other stuff that we do which allows us to do what we do um also if you uh plan on doing any shopping using nba store eu or fanatics uk please use our affiliate links um or also use the magic fan apparel t-mill.com for uh your orlando magic uk t-shirts um and i think there's a hoodie on there as well isn't there guys so all links will be on the podcast description uh and you can also find them at orlando magic which is the website so, let's get on to a little bit of Magic news as there is. Um, last game of Summer League, Magic played uh, against the Detroit Pistons, losing 86-102, to a game that got away from the Magic in the final quarter. Not going to lie, I've not watched it. Has anybody actually watched the game? I watched the extended highlights. <laughs> Very impressive, Mr. Connell.
1: Uh, Mr. Oh, God, i start again. They look the same, Paul. I see why you might think that. Jesus. Well.
2: <laughs> I was, uh, that's oh, either a real compliment oh. to me, Connell, or... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: there always has to be one moment where I can't say a name properly, but that one's pretty
2: impressive. Gary, very impressive, Maybe he actually watched it. What was it like? Um, nothing to write home about, really. Like Again, I, I watched the extended highlights rather than the actual full game itself. And it's a bit of a wave one, I think, because when you watch a Summer League game, you're kind of looking for someone who's going to crack the rotation, who can do a job, whether it's they can bring some rebound or they'll be a good shooter. And I was kind of just looking at the highlights and I was like, we know roughly what our roster is. It's more a case of who we're going to move off it. So... It felt a bit. I think it was like twelve minutes. The highlights I watched. It felt a little bit of like twelve minutes of. We could have had that time back. Um. I thought, I thought, I thought Justin James looked pretty decent from yep. the highlights. Um. I know he's been in the NBA. I think with Sacramento before. He seemed to be a cut above. Um. For the Magic of the players that were there. So if we were going to look at anyone, he looked to have a little bit about him. Um. But again, it's not one of those games where we we're looking at going. We're trying to fill a roster spot here, so I don't know. It was a little bit fruitless, really. <laughs> Sorry <laughs> for the dampener, but you know. Well, you know, no. Um I
0: said I've not even I've not even took a look. Uh for that very reason that you just felt like it was a game of we've got to play a fifth game, so you play you, and whatever happens, happens. Uh they didn't feel a deal of purpose to it. So I don't know whether anybody else watched any highlights at all? No? Not gonna, No, I think uh,
4: I checked the box score. Um and I noticed I think Devin Kennedy didn't play, so then I thought, oh don't oh, oh, bother. Yeah, didn't
0: bother.
3: Didn't I mean, bother. we said yeah. we said last week, didn't we? As soon as Paolo sat, that yep. was it, the, the interest gone yeah. at that point.
0: Yeah. So that's it for actual hard news. Um, but we've had one or two rumors circulating on Twitter uh of a new black city and a blue statement jersey. Um they've come from Omar Magic 12 on Twitter. Um, There's also a suggestion that the plastic jersey that we were perhaps all expecting has been delayed for a season or two. Gary, um, you fired this into our group um, on Tuesday, I think it was, with uh, what was your take on the phrasing about the uh, total rebrand that uh, could come as early as next season if we do well.
2: I think it's needed. Um, like I've, I've put, like I would consider that the three generations of Magic Jersey. You'll notice the one I've left out, which was the more uh, the people who were crediting it would call it the clean jerseys. But I've left, I consider those the era of uh, Magic Jerseys. And when you look at it, it's really we waited for Dwight really to start blossoming before we actually launched into the moving from the the plain jerseys into the the new look. And when you look at that, that's a long time ago. There's a lot of water gone under the bridge and I think the jerseys there will always be associated the, the final one, the white one, with Dwight and with Vooch. And I think now we've, we're probably going to be, I think, at the end of the season in a position where we're talked about young team, where it's either yep. we've the play in all the playoffs or we've missed out but we've been impressive. And I think it's time to capitalise on that. Um, my hope is is that we start having an identity as the Orlando Magic, where it's a case of, I'll hate to say this, I'll use Boston as an example, but Boston don't, sorry, G, uh, they, they don't deviate too much from the the plan with a Boston jersey. It's white, it's green, it's classic, it's clean. And it's the same with the Bulls and other, you know, what you would say the older teams. Well, we've been around since 1989 now. And I think whenever you do anything with the Magic, really you should be looking at the case of there should be something, a lot going on with the font. There should be a lot going on with the font. We should make use of the star. You should be seeing seeing blue, white, black, silver, and there should be pinstripes and stars involved. And whereas they are teams that reflect all the era of the NBA, I think the Magic, being a team that was branded at the end of the 80s, should always reflect that. So I'm hoping we will see that. And maybe move away from the current font that we have, and back to something a little bit more in line with the first two jerseys that we had, either the star print or the pins. Yeah, mate, I think that's uh,
0: what we're all kind of hoping for. I'm actually currently writing a article uh, for the website about the evolution of the jersey. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you don't you don't realise that we've had this particular home jersey since 2017. Now, it's been around for a good while. Uh, with absolutely no change um, so we're probably somewhat overdue at least some sort of restyling. Um, but let's hope let's hope we go back more classic. Uh, I think that would be a positive that we'd all really love to see. I think Mikey so. Mikey you uh, spoke about the blue statement jersey on the group and uh, you you thoughts were that you'd prefer to see white pins instead of the black. Um, but you've been playing about with it since, haven't
3: you, mate? Yeah, I changed my... So got, where got, you at, mate? Where you at? Well, I've got, I've got to apologise to Omar quickly because I was I was messing about with the design earlier. I sent it to you guys. I said, like, oh, I'll just post this on Twitter and I've got a bit of a telling off because I took his uh, took his Twitter handle off of it, so my bad. But um, yeah, um, in terms of the design... <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah, but, uh, in terms of the design, though, I originally said... I would have liked to have seen white pins like we've seen on previous jerseys, but it actually, it makes it too loud, I think. I think the mm. black pins sort of emphasise the stars on the side panelling a little bit better, but the 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 sort of quick mock-up, the terrible editing that I did earlier, all I did was just put the, the original Orlando logo on it and that just made the jersey pop even more without changing anything else. And I think... If the magic can learn one thing from this potential new rebrand in a year or so's time, put the original logos and numbers, styles back on the jerseys. Because the jersey, I mean, we've seen with the City edition the last couple of years, like with the ORL, which we weren't all fans of, but you could kind of get the concept from it. And obviously last year we, we saw the magic on the front of it although the design changed and there was different color schemes involved, it was still identified with what we know as a magic. So yeah, get mm-hmm. kind of backing onto what Gary said. I think if the magic can go back to the original logos and the original numbers, I think they, they've got a lot more wriggle room for changing the designs of the jerseys. But uh, yeah, I, I like the blue. I, I do like the blue Jersey. Um, it'll be interesting to see what it's like in person but yeah we need to move on from this sort of like what's the word just standard sort of like i, I don't know. it's just it's not a it's magic a template font, is isn't it? it yeah it's it's too corporate i think it's probably so the best you, best word for do you, it
0: do you do you feel there's a lack of imagination going into some of them that it's just uh... A very bog standard. This is where we are at the minute because there's not a deal of interest.
3: That's just so. That's just NBA jerseys in general at the moment, though, isn't it? You look at Utah's yeah. rebrand. You look at Cleveland's rebrand. Theirs is just bland and yeah. Uh, that's just the way the NBA jerseys are going. There's not a lot of imagination going into them, and I think some of that probably falls on Nike. Um, yeah. But. Yeah, I mean you can't get like Gar said. If you if you put stars on a magic jersey and you put pinstripes on there, you can't go far wrong.
0: So, Connor, you and I were kind of uh, at odds with everybody else on the on the black one um, that we actually quite liked it. If, and if you haven't touched, if people haven't seen it, go and check out on Twitter at Omar Magic Twelve because it's him who's uh, put the thread up. Um, and he's been pretty close over previous years with regards to the release of the city jersey so connell this black look what was it you liked about it
1: mate i mean for kind of lack of any better reasoning i just thought it looked cool like i'm gonna completely agree with everything that's been said so far about the magic jersey and the magic brand if you were to show somebody you know for example the jerseys that gary has behind him now the blue one and the white one which one screams orlando magic more every single person is going to say the blue one. And the formula isn't difficult. It's pinstripes, it's stars, it's magic. That's what it is. And it is a shame that we've seen in recent years, not just for us, but for other NBA teams, the way that it's going with, obviously everyone's jerseys are made by the same company. They're kind of resorting to a little bit of laziness, it almost feels like. I understand that kind of minimalism is the trend at the minute, not even just in basketball with company logos, everything seems to be Mm. going that way. But I think it's a shame that basketball jerseys have to be the same. Because when you look at the jerseys that, you know, people find the most iconic from over the years, the ones that you see people walking down the street, you might think of the Raptors jersey with the dinosaur on. You might think of the Pistons jersey, um, you know, with the horse on. You think of the Magic jersey that Shaq was wearing. You know, these are the jerseys that scream like iconic NBA jerseys. There is no chance that in, you know, 10, 20 years time, people are going to look back at Utah's New Jersey and think oh yeah that was one of the all-time great jerseys because it doesn't matter what the team doing it I don't think that jersey won't stand out and I think that with the new era that we're coming towards obviously our team's so young they're very exciting I think this will be a year that we really announce ourselves with Paolo, with the leaps that I think Jalen's going to make Franz is going to make people are going to start finally taking notice of us and it would be nice if we looked good while we were getting notice taken of us and I think that <laughs> rebrand's definitely overdue for me like From a neutrals perspective, if I, you know, obviously I have a lot of magic gear myself. My family make comments on it saying like, it looks, you know, basic, kind of inexpensive, like an an off-brand version of what the magic is because they understand the magic to be like stars, pinstripes, kind of that real like iconic brand that we had built up. And then to see that kind of fade away is a shame. So I think that if we could kind of go back to that, with, you know, hopefully what's going to become an iconic team, fingers crossed, with the iconic jerseys back, it would all kind of go hand in hand nicely. But anyway, to answer your question, I've completely deviated there. I just think the black one looks oh, cool. Mate. Nothing else yes, to mate. do that. It just looks cool.
0: It doesn't have to be anything else, does it? I mean, I'm not, I, I did say I liked it. I like the simplicity of it. Um, the thing I didn't like was the, the font of uh, the word magic. And I thought, it, it, it kind of, looked Ouija board almost to me I didn't I didn't like it at all gee you weren't a fan at all and made the shocking comment (laughs) that you wouldn't buy it now I'm not gonna lie I find that difficult to believe with your collection of magic jerseys I refuse to believe that you're going to have one absent but what made you say that you disliked it so much
4: yeah, that's a, that's a bit of a knee-jerk reaction. I will get it. Otherwise, there'll be a gaping hole in my collection, so I'm going to have to get it. But I might not wear it as often as I wear the other ones. So, um, um, for me, it's just what all the guys have said, Gary, Mikey, Connell, and you, Paul. Um, it doesn't have the, the the qualities that we notice in, in, a, in a good Magic jersey. It doesn't have the pinstripes. It doesn't have the stars. It doesn't have, you know, some sort of element of, magic to it it's a little bit for me plain a bit like a template a bit boring Um big fan of the font uh, as, as Paul has just mentioned it reminds me of perhaps like some sort of a western kind of font mm-hmm. um, it reminds me of there was an all-star game I think it was in New Orleans back in 2008 so I remember getting a Dwight Howard the Eastern Conference all-star jersey and um, sort of the halfway down the number it sort of just kicks out a little bit. Um, I get that and what they're going with because what we tend to find with city jerseys is it's got some sort of homage to the area. and uh, There's yep. a reason for it. Um, and going back through them, you know, the, the older Magic jerseys, we used to have, like, I'm rocking the, the the Space Coast one now um, with the sort of the galaxy pattern. Uh, we obviously had the, the Florida orange and hence the orange theme. So, I'm a little bit perplexed as to what the theme is and how they're going to try and sell this to us because there's always a marketing ploy behind it, isn't there? Um, So I will get it, um, but um, it it doesn't... I much prefer the blue one. I much prefer the blue one. And I prefer the previous year's ones. Um, It just looks too basic. I'm just looking at it in the corner now and it's not a fan. (laughs)
3: If you take the magic font off of it and put the Nets and put the uh, subway numbers that they had on their jerseys, on, I think it was their city jerseys they had a couple of years ago. Mm. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. The jersey looks like a, a Brooklyn Nets jersey. It does, yeah. Yeah, it I can see
4: me that.
2: that
4: as, um, as you guys have mentioned before, that jersey we had between 2003, 2008, when we had, you know, beginning of Dwight, Steve Francis kind of years, yep. it's just the generic. Magic or Orlando with two stripes down either side and nothing else other than the little star on the on the chest. Mm-hmm. Um, even if I had the little star on the chest, that'd be a bit of a homage to that jersey.
2: I hope this is wrong. G, <laughs> oh, what they're going to do is they're going to sell it as like a, um, a they're going to pay a tribute to uh, Rob Hennigan and say <laughs> Antonio Spurs, like what, Rob Hennigan, like a tribute jersey. That's what it's going to be. Tribute uh, to the dark days. Yeah, it's, honestly, blackout, dark days, looks like a Spurs jersey. It's going to be like, what, the Rob Hennigan fit or something like that. <laughs> Jack Vaughan as well. We're in, that's what's coming. Yeah, I do get what you're saying, though,
0: about there being no stars. I mean, I did I was saying, right in this article, I hadn't realised that the... Um, Silver sleeved one, that the silver was picked as a homage to the original stars, the colour of the stars. I didn't realise that. Um, not as I was a fan of those jerseys, but there you go. At least they'd even still got a pinstripe through them. Cut the we
4: haven't had a sil- we haven't had a silver jersey until that one. Yeah. So why why can we go back to that? We've already got a black one with the uh, with the blue pinstripes this year. So why do we have something different rather than having two blacks? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I can see exactly
1: where you're coming
3: from. About. Yeah, I can definitely see it's, where you're coming from. It's, it's just not it's bold not... enough for a City jersey, is it?
1: I, I uh, was never a fan of the silver ones back in the day anyway, to be fair. I thought they just didn't look as kind of like clean and nice and magic-y as like the other ones. I thought they just looked a bit cheap. I mean, I'm curious to know what your guys' thoughts are on short-sleeve jerseys anyway. I don't know if you ever spoke about it before, but I'm personally against them. What, what, like, G, what do you think?
4: short like the t-shirt style ones they had victor oladipo yeah Yeah, not a fan not a fan at all um and adidas did them uh, and i think the one i've got is a medium and it's like a dress on me Uh, it's massive Um, i think mikey mikey got a small didn't you and that was big on you
3: And it was still big on me and i'm six foot one
4: (laughs) so um yeah i don't know they weren't the best i just it's not, bro. They're not the worst, Don't though.
3: They weren't the worst jerseys either, though. Which I'll be saying, saying is the worst. Because I would
4: probably put that one. Was it the charcoal one the following season with the two sort of um, colours, the blue and the white, going across it with the ball, it, with the in, the ball in the middle? Yeah. Oh, right. the uh, that was a bit the stars one. What I've actually got
3: stars. That. Was that what they called the stars jersey? Was it? Yeah. All yeah,
4: right. yeah, they
0: were. Yeah, the silver one was pride, and then they, and then the one that followed the that was stars. I think if you took the sleeves off the silver one, it would actually make it look a lot better. I agree, Gary. I, yeah, mm. I really didn't like the sleeves. Um, like the sleeves neither. It, it just look. It just looks wrong. I know. It's. I think it's what you actually um, kind of come to expect of a basketball jersey, and something so different didn't seem to fit. Um, I don't know, the players didn't look comfy in it when I saw them playing in it either, but
3: that was just perhaps an interpretation, I don't know. They didn't look comfortable playing at all, that team. <laughs> <laughs> thing is, I honestly
2: think if they'd stuck with those sleeves jerseys, that would have just been done for um advertising. I honestly think you would have seen the sleeves get, because the sleeves were yeah. there was nothing on anyone's sleeves, and I think it would have became like an advertising type thing. I like I'm glad like, when that, that moved away from it because no team looked right in the sleeves. Right. But um you can see some of the jerseys like city editions as well where they've taken either the sleeve jerseys I think it was Golden State, their sleeve jersey then kind of moved into like a, a Golden State jersey in Milwaukee with the current one they've got now, which has got the Buck's head in the middle. Mm. They've got like that I think came from a cream jersey they had as a city edition. Uh, one year where it had been really popular so they kind of brought it in permanently with tweaks. and I, I wonder if we could have like experimented a bit this year with a City Edition and then basically said okay for the rebrand if this is a wild seller this is going to be like a, a retooled version of it, maybe a change in colour will feature as one of the three jerseys going forward Like I know me and Mikey talked about it and I wouldn't have minded a um, the blue jersey there, I wouldn't have minded a black version of that yeah So
0: yeah, that I mean there was a there is further mock-up isn't there that, uh, Omar's put up there which has got some sort of diamond patterning running in the in the background uh, oh. I don't know who, what thoughts were whether they preferred that to the plane
2: or whether you just thought the diamonds looked at odds as well it's got to have something in it because for me, like I know Mike is saying about a Brooklyn jersey, I, I thought it looked like a San Antonio one. There was nothing where I looked at it and went, "That's an Orlando Magic." So I, I don't. I really don't know. Like I'm, I'm being serious here when I say,
3: "Is it a Rob Hennigan tribute jersey?" Because there's, there's nothing screams Orlando about it to me at all. I even, I even did things like Google searches, like welcome to Orlando sign, seeing if the font was off like one of the signs you see off the side of I4 <laughs> or something like that. But I just cannot, I, I just don't get where they're coming from with this kind of, yeah. I, I mean, it's not confirmed yet either. But no, absolutely. Omar, Omar's been pretty spot on the last three, four, five years with his mock-ups before they've actually come out. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see. We'll see.
2: How so you? let's get in. Sorry, go on Gary. And the other thing, the other idea, because obviously when you're criticising a jersey, the comeback would be from the Magic, what else would you do? And the other one I would have played on was the Disney sponsorship and actually had a one that had Magic Kingdom written on the front. Yep, yeah. yeah, I think you could do something with that. Well, yeah, look, it would, I just think it would have got sales outside. Yeah. Magic fans.
0: You know, but there we are. Hey, okay. there we go. So should we talk about the starting lineups and rotations Um Summer league's over. We're awaiting training camp uh, with the squad as it is at this point. What are each of you thinking as our starting five come pre season? G, go on, you go first, mate.
4: All oh, right. I think I've been quite vocal about this and, uh, in recent weeks, to be honest with you. So, first name on a team sheet is always Markel Fultz. Um, the backcourt, uh, Gary's not going to like this. So Jalen Suggs, uh, Franz Bargner at the three. Paulo Banquero for Wendell Carter at the five. So that's my lineup. Um obviously, you know, we've we've been discussing it. Is there enough shooting there with Suggs? You'd hope he'd have a better season the second year around. Uh, there's an argument to put, put that perhaps Gary Harrison or Cole. Again, all all valid arguments. Uh that's how I'd start it. But um, you know. So my decision, it's Coach Mosley's decision.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Interesting to see, mate. Interesting to see what you're going with. Connell, where would you be? I'm the exact same as G. I'm going to go Markel, Jalen, Franz, Paolo and Wendell. And I think that the backcourt is probably the biggest one up for debate there for me. But um, the reason I'd go for Markel and Jalen is because I think Markel is the best player that we have at the minute that's just my opinion I think what he showed me came back from injury um I feel like he's going to make the biggest impact for us and then the option for that second spot I feel like Jalen has the highest ceiling out of him and Cole in my opinion I feel like that's probably shared amongst first Magic fans as well and we need to be realist in a sense that next season will probably be another developmental one focused on the youth You, you needed I think 43 wins or something to make the play and that's what Charlotte got last season in the east and I don't think that any of us would say that we're going to be competing next season for the playoffs so I think that most they'll agree I think that everyone in the organisation will probably agree we need to focus on development again and giving minutes to somebody with a higher ceiling who's potentially going to go on and be an important guy in a team that's competing is more important than giving Gary Harris minutes that's what I think
0: Okay, Gary are we having a slight difference here?
2: Yeah I would go uh, call Markel um, Franz Palo and Wendell. Um, and I'll go back to the sample that was seen last season, pre-injury, before like the team started to tank. And of the guards that we have on the roster right now, um, over an extended stretch, Cole has had the best production of those guards from that stretch that he had this season. So I would have Cole there for the shooting, the floor stretch and what he can do. Um, I don't think Jalen's going to have the same pre-season perhaps he's coming back from an injury but I do think that spot has to be earned I think it's a meritocracy and I think for me it's calls to lose and I would like to see him just really in a position where he's going to get the ball from Markel where he's going to get the ball from Harlow and then I think the front court speaks for itself really Um, you know I think if we'd Drafted Chet, it might have been a slightly different discussion if Isaac was fit. But for me, Paolo's NBA ready right now, and he's going to play, he's proved it. And yeah, there's no way you're not playing Wendell or France. You know, they definitely have to play. Okay. Mikey, are you the
0: same as Gary, or are you uh, going with the other two guys?
3: I've been Jalen Suggs for quite a while, and uh, I was messaging Gary yesterday. What was my message, Gary? Something along the lines of, I'm all in on Cole starting at the two this season. Um, you put the you put the message in the group pool, so I thought I'm going to do a bit of a stat dive, and that sort of like really swung my decision. So last season, uh, Cole Anthony had a better net rating, assist percentage, assist ratio, rebound percentage, efficient uh, effective field goal percentage, true su- shooting percentage a usage percentage and um, and they were all better efficient percentages than, than Jalen if you compare the two head-to-head. Um, another one I think, like Gary already touched on, Cole was playing at close to an all-star level at the beginning of last season. We saw flashes like the Knicks game early in the season where he was mm-hmm. just the sixth player in NBA history to have a game where he scored at least 25, had 15 rebounds, five assists and shot... Uh, over five threes. Uh, James Harden, Steph Curry, Luka Doncic, Russell Westbrook and Manu Ginobili are the only other five to do that. I th- my, my issue with starting Suggs is obviously we know he struggled offensively this season. And if we want to win games this year, which which has to be, getting into the playoffs has to be our target this year. Whether we fall short of that or not, it is besides the point but that should be our fo- focus is getting to the playoffs if we're starting Suggs at the 2 you've got 2 below average shooters starting at the guard position do we want to be getting into games where we're down by 10 after 1 quarter or down 15 at the end of the quarter and we're spending the rest of the game trying to get back into it whereas I think Cole's got the ability he can play off of faults, um, and faults can play off of off of Cole as well um, and I think Suggs coming off the bench takes the pressure off of him a little bit. It allows him to go up against players that maybe, Gary said this to me last night, the players that are a little bit weaker potentially coming off the bench. It gives Cole a little bit more breathing room to to develop. He's also going to be playing possibly next to Gary Harris so he's and Terence Ross. So he's got that veteran leadership around him in that second unit. And then you've got players like J.I. as well, potentially, if he's if he's healthy and can come back this season. So, um, yeah, I, I think you have to start Cole. Um, he did enough last year to prove that he... I mean, we were talking about him as being the next potential Magic All-Star a third of the way through yeah. last season. Um, and to just say, uh, well... Cole's just suited to a sixth-man role, I think it's a little bit unfair on... Well, I think it's very unfair on the kid, to be honest, because he was uh, one of our most consistent players last year. So, yeah, I I think you've got to go into the season with Cole starting at at the two next defaults.
1: Just on that that point, Mikey, I've actually got a tweet up here from Dante from the 10th of November last year, and it says, players with 20 points, seven rebounds, five assists, and shooting 40% from three, and the only two players in the league... Uh, doing that with Cole Anthony and Nicole Jokic on the 10th of November so to say he had a hot start for last season is probably an understatement he was was one of the best players in the league and I think yeah dare I say my mind's been changed I think it's easily forgotten how hot of a start he did have and how much quality he did show and you know what it takes a big man to say this I've changed my mind after your argument there Mikey so (laughs) I'm actually going to <laughs> I'm going jump on the other
3: team there. Sorry, G. That's, that's not to say that like we're down on Suggs because the no, kids has no, got so much more room to grow. And if you look at his numbers playing for Gonzaga, I mean, he shot 34% from three compared to 21% last year, 50% from the field. He only was at 36 for us. And he shot 75% from the free throw line at Gonzaga and, and 77% last season for us. So if he can get his numbers much closer to that, then he's going to play himself into, it. He's, going to, he's going to make some noise where Moseley's got a really tough decision to make about who's going to, whether Suggs has got the, uh, is, he, is he in a position where he can start games for us? But there's no rush. Um, he's shown flashes last year, but look, we, it's the same sort of argument we've had about, Do we trade for an all-star like Donovan Mitchell? There's no need to rush this. Let's let's put players in the best position for them to succeed, whether that's coming off the bench or starting, whatever, whatever the rotation looks like, and uh, and see what they can develop into this season because it's uh, it's a big year for a lot of these players.
4: What are you saying, Paul? Am I on an island?
0: Um, I have to say, I have been all the while that Cole comes off the bench until a couple of days back. And I've and I've gone for the same as Mikey and Gary, simply because I have a concern, and I know it's something we're going to talk about further on, but I have a concern that if we've got Jalen, Markel, and Paolo all on the court at the same time, you've got too many ball-dominant handlers, people who want the ball in the hand. Um, I'm, I'm thinking of being able to spread out the shooting and then when somebody comes off to come from the bench, um, you bring Jalen on Then That's the reason that my mind's been changed over the last few days.
4: Well, the reason I got Jalen in, I thought the identity of the team was going to be built on defence. Now, we yeah. know what Jalen can do on defence. So my counter, and I, I get what you're saying, Mike. And he, he, Cole is fantastic, and it's a great problem to have. Uh, his offense, he can shoot the ball, etc. However, on defense, he does get bullied a little, mm-hmm. I, I, and I'm sure you'd agree with that. Um, mm-hmm. So myself, I'd start Jalen Suggs um, for the very reasons I've said before. I think he can uh, get his head down and uh, drive to the basket a lot more. If you've got two. Um, Two people in Markel and Jalen who will penetrate, um, make the defense collapse. You've got your Wagner's, you've got, you know, um your banqueros, uh, Wendell can shoot the ball. So I, I don't think it's absolutely necessary to have Cole in the starting five. I think he'd be best off as a sixth man, but he gets the green light, you know, absolute green light. Mm. do what you want sort of thing um, but obviously we'll come to the to the bench in a second so yeah. we'll, no I'm still Jalen Suggs after your uh, very convincing um,
2: <laughs> see, all, all I would say on that and I'm not like slamming Jalen Suggs here I really like Jalen Suggs and it's a point like me and Mikey had a chat about this last week and um, I honestly see Jalen Suggs's trajectory as being a bit like Chauncey Billups where Billups came into the NBA and he was a, a high-end pick from the Boston Celtics. And he came in with a big reputation from college and it's like a franchise changing point guard. He's a leader, he's a character, he's a, a bit of a unit and all of this. And then it kind of, it took him about four or five years before you actually- He got started. in,
4: he did get injured in that time and he, he was yeah. on a the match for season.
2: Yeah, he did, yeah. but um, Jalen Suggs as well. He's had the same thing where he's had this stop-start career and whenever it's looked like taken off for Suggs, he's then hit an injury or the team started like, you know, basically rest players. And I wonder if it's going to be the same thing where you've got a guy who's come in, who's got all the tools, all the assets, spotlight was on him. But instead of hitting the ground running day one, it's kind of going to, it's been a bit stop start so far. And it's just going to be like how a team manages them. And I wouldn't want to trade Jalen Suggs. Cause you know, you can hear people now outside of magic fan base going "Oh, like Orlando had the bust pick in the draft. Not at all <laughs> in that top five. No, no. It's just, it's a longer race than this. And I wouldn't be surprised if when all was done, Jalen Suggs had that kind of Chauncey Billup style trajectory where it was just a slow start. And then in year two, year three, year four, where it's a case of, wow, where was this guy at?
4: Yeah. I, I can see my comparison of him is uh, Marcus Smart. Mm-hmm. Given a couple of seasons, he's very aggressive defensively. He'll be like Marcus Smart. Uh, for me, so um, yeah, like you said, no way you want to trade him. But um, yeah, it's a it's a long game, mate. Yeah, absolutely.
3: The other, the other one more point that I want to add to this as well is Mosley talked about playing with pace and playing with the pass when he when he was hired last year. Cole Anthony was the second highest uh, assist player last year, so if you're pairing him with faults. You got two players that are willing to make that pass and play make for others. You're also trying to balance Fultz's weakness. We we know Fultz is not a good three point shooter. I think it was twenty six percent or something last year in a few attempts that he had. He that doesn't really matter. We like we we know what we've got in Markel. Like he can shoot the mid range. It, it almost feels like he's automatic from there. He can get to the free throw line. He can get to the basket when he wants. But having that player that can help spread the floor that a little bit more, I think is going to open the floor up more for Markel as well. Um, and I think if Jalen's out there, that might shrink the floor that a little bit more. And offensively, could create some problems for for Paolo as well. But yeah. And then you can make the argument, well, if you play Jalen, you've got a little bit more perimeter defence where we're not going to be starting Mo Bamba this year in... <laughs> more than likely he's gonna be coming off the bench so you're not gonna have that shot blocking ability if players turn the corner and get behind them so again you can make the argument for both players but yeah right now i can't see cole anthony not starting it has he has to start for me
0: mikey who you bring in as your core guys from the bench <laughs>
3: Do you know what, right? I was looking at this, I was looking at the depth chart earlier and I was thinking, do you know what? Our second unit would have been, we would have been happy with this team two or three years ago. As I was going to make the same point. Yeah. Right? So if you look at it, you have possibly Jalen Suggs, Gary Harris, T-Ross, Isaac and Bamba coming off the bench. I mean, that is a hell of a second unit. It's still young. <laughs> well, in terms of like, uh, and, okay. and the inexperience with like Bamba's still a young player. Isaac's still, Isaac's not played a lot. Suggs has still got the ability to, uh, to develop, but Harris and Ross, their um, their leadership's off, off the bench, providing T Ross is still here, um, is going to be, is going to be key. They're the five. Um, I would like he oh, to... yes asked for me. Hey, eh? yes, for four, you can have as many as you want. <laughs> but you're not playing a nine man lineup. Are you? That's my argument. <laughs> Uh, mate,
0: okay. I, I, mate, I'm I'm happy for the rotation you want to go with. That's the, that's the question. That's why I'm at, I picked this, this... four because of uh, injuries and you know looking at uh, do we always do we keep say always have a Markel or a Jalen on the floor for primary ball handling. So that's why I went
3: with four. I I think you've got to have Folks or Anthony on the floor at all times. And okay. and rotate Jalen in between them personally. Um yeah. I didn't really answer your question, did I? <laughs> That's cool. That's cool.
0: <laughs> Gary, what are you, what are you going with? I think primary guys.
2: I can't disagree with what Mikey said, really. Um, I think Jonathan Isaac for me is gonna be eased back into it. So he yeah. if you have saying only four, I think Isaac's the one where you would go. Actually, he's gonna see lesser minutes because we with this like latest. Or there's another injury type thing, knowing how the front office work, he's got to really be like wrapped in cotton wool. Um, the the asterisk I would add is it really depends, I think, as well who we're playing against, because I think there's games where you need more Wagner. You know, where yeah. you need that that guy who's a who riles people up, who's a bit of a piece of work, an agitator. And we've seen it already, you know, like Montrezl Harrell before, like I've said it on the on the show, he used to just have a free reign with the magic until like Admiral Schofield decided the, the gloves were off. But it took somebody to do that. And Wagner's that type of character as well. So I do think there's a place for Wagner. But with the way the team's built... I still think there's minutes up for grabs. I think there's a place for Tumor. I think there's a place mm-hmm. for Devon Kennedy if he gets in the rotation. RJ if he if he cracks the rotation as well, there are minutes there to be won. Um, and I think it was said last week, you know, RJ hasn't had the greatest show in the in the, in the summer league. But yep. then look at look at France as you rightly said. I think Paul last in the last week's show, and then even look at Cole in last year's summer league, he had a yeah. night, and then yeah, came so true it's a young team. There's minutes up for grabs, but Jalen Suggs, Gary Harris, Terrence Ross, more Bamba, you would think would be your first four names. And then really it's kind of, can dare you write Jonathan Isaac's name on the team sheet? Cause it's just, you've got to wrap him in cotton wool. You know, if he's only playing 10 to 12 minutes a game for the first half of the season, then so be it. Cause look at Claire Thompson, one of the best players of recent years and, He wasn't the same when he came back. He just went into a great team. Yeah, he got the comfort of uh, good players supporting him or brilliant
0: supporting him in certain instances. G, where are you at, mate?
4: Um, So, Gary made a good point there, which is one of my points uh, on my piece of paper here, is it's all about matchups. It all depends who you're playing. Um, Mikey's floated this idea about having Jonathan Isaac play the five. So, Uh, Get Jonathan back, you know, uh, to be in the rotation fully, you know, fully healthy. Um, The four that I went with um, were Jonathan Isaac, and I put a little C next to his name here. I try and play him at centre just to see how how it goes. But obviously, Isaac or Bamba. um, And then obviously Cole, as I've mentioned before, you give him the green light. Um, And the other two I've gone with were Harris and Okiki. Um, harris obviously is the second guard off the bench and okiki is the forward because i think he just does a lot of the stuff, a lot of the dirty work you know your junkyard dog he's very solid defensively he can shoot the ball uh, he can get to the basket he you know we, we were calling him uh, like baby kawaii uh last season uh, and i think a lot of people have forgotten that um so he, he's a great asset to have a uh, very versatile so um before I had, there were Isaac, Colo, Kiki, and Harris, but obviously Bamba slash Isaac, um, if, you know, dependent on matchups, et cetera. Um, I didn't have Terence Ross in there because I think he'll probably, probably be gone. But, um, and then, yeah, I think the others we'll, we'll see, you know, um, garbage time.
1: Yeah.
0: Connell, where are you at, mate? Any any difference of opinion?
1: Uh, I mean, not really. It's all kind of. It's the same as what everyone else has said. I just want to kind of go back to what Mikey started off with. That it's crazy to think the position we're in now, if there's, you know, Touchwood no injuries, that our second unit, even debatably our third unit, could have beaten some of the teams that we've started uh, with the past couple of seasons. Like, we, we've yeah. gone to games, I can't remember where it was, where we've turned up and the opposition team haven't actually had graphics to show for our players when they've been announced because we've had to call up everybody and anybody to play just because their injuries have been so bad. So I think it's a beautiful problem to have that now, like yeah. this magic who been so badly beaten up with injuries the past few years could actually come into this season with depth of, if he stays, potentially Terence Ross, whichever one of Suggs and Cole doesn't start, Jonathan Isaac, if we dare say his name, he might get injured, um, Mo Bamba, then you look at Tumura you know, you look at, Mo Wagner, who's a really different player, but another guy who's really important. Like Weirdly, he was one of the guys who I enjoyed watching most last season because he was always just an exciting guy. The passion that he played with makes you know makes you excited to watch him and it kind of feels like it gets the other guys going as well. I feel like he's so important to have. But um, It's an interesting question to ask now because, like we say, we're not exactly sure what the Terrence Ross situation yeah. will be. No one has any idea what the Jonathan Isaac situation will be. Provided that they're both there, I'd probably say whichever one of Suggs and Cole isn't. So let's say, for example, Cole, Isaac, Ross and Mo Bamba would be my four. But I just love that the options are there. And you look at the depth down. I actually really, you guys will probably agree, I really love watching Caleb Houston play in the summer league. I thought he's kind of, could potentially be a breath of fresh air in the shooting department for us, depending on how things go. I'd love to see him get some minutes it's it's just it's it's such a nice problem to have. It's fa- like we can finally sit here and talk about look at all this massive roster of guys who we can have that can actually play, rather than you yeah. having to call people up from nowhere because of the injury. So hopefully it stays that way.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's a good problem football? to have. Um, I'm going to go Gary Harris. I think you've got to have him. I think uh, as I've not put Suggs in the starting unit, he's there. Uh, Mo Bamba, and assuming that we don't have. Ji uh, available for the start of the season, then I'm picking Tumor.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: That's what I'm. That's what I'm going with.
3: And seeing um, as I didn't answer your question properly, I agree. That's what I'm going with. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Close enough, mate. I'm happy with whatever answers. That's why I phrased the question the way I did. So, to be honest, because you knew full well it was going to. There's going to be interpretations. So, Mikey, I'm going to ask you the question: Is there an argument for last season's opening night starting five? to start this season, being Suggs, Cole, Franz, Wendell and Mo Bamba. Is there an argument for them starting with what they put up last year?
3: Yes and no. The the yes is there was a stretch, certainly in the first half of the season, where it was one of the most effective lineups in the league. Um, yep. I, I had a quick look earlier, didn't have a stat dive. Uh, 34 games, they played 424 minutes together last year had an offensive rating of 102 and a defensive rating of 103.2 so they were they were almost even when when the five of them were on the floor they certainly looked like they played well together early in the season i think it was the bench that let us down in games especially early on in the season but as players became more healthy the bench sort of gave us a little bit more help as the season went on but uh that that is <laughs> that is the argument for the starting lineup, but let's not forget, we only won 22 games. Yep. And we've arguably got two players that are going to drastically make us better in in faults being healthy and number one, uh, Paolo Banqueiro as well. Um, and and even J.I. I I mean, J.I. is the X factor in all of this because we know what he can do when he's healthy, especially on the defensive end. But, uh, Yeah, it's a really good problem to have. There's competition at every spot. I wouldn't go with last season's five. Um, The one thing that really, I wouldn't say it worries me, I I just hope we can continue this camaraderie that we had last year, where Mm -hmm. everybody was pulling for for each other, no matter who was playing, who was out of the lineup, who, who was sat on the bench. I don't hopefully we don't start to see any friction because players aren't getting minutes when they think they should be playing and all that sort of stuff. Um I know I'm going off on a tangent here, but uh, <laughs> that kind of it kind of piggybacks onto my point. Yeah. I, I I don't think we should start last year's five, but it wasn't the worst lineup that we saw last year.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna change things because you've mentioned JI. Um, Gary, this was gonna be further on, but when or if JI returns and he's fully fit, does he start? Does he get a starting role?
2: No. And I'm not going to do the politician's answer on it. It's just... It's just...
4: <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I wasn't expecting oh, that. Boris.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'll grow- if I was Boris, I'd be hiding in my fridge by now. But, uh... <laughs> but uh, I think... I don't think you can, because I think I think Wendell... And um, Franz have have cemented their place, and I think J.I. is not going to really. He'll play if he's fit from training camp. He'll play, but I think it's going to be limited minutes. And then you you're asking the question: Well, do you do you ditch Banquero to the bench? And mm. that's the guy who's going to put the the ESPN and the national eyes on us. Everyone wants to see the number one pick. He's the guy who who you're hoping is going to be the twenty points per game plus scorer for the magic. The, the only other way around that would be if you try to accommodate everyone, and I'm not saying this could happen, is if you're then saying, well, can France play the two guard? That, that's that's the only other way because I think that um Wendell, France are nailed on and Bankero is the guy we've drafted to be the future, you know, apparently the magic of being, you know, looking at the guy and watching him since he was in high school.
0: The reason I I wanted to ask the question was because of what um, has gone before. Yeah. But does does somebody like J.I. not necessarily getting a start begin to affect the camaraderie that's within the team? Does it start to be friction?
2: I think that, to be honest, I think J.I., whatever people think about his character politically, I do think he's morally... You know but he's where he's got the good of the team, and I think he's a wise enough guy. And no, actually, I haven't been here for two years. And I think apart from the presence of Mosley there, I think the, the the generals, so to speak, in the locker room are probably Cole and Wendell. I get I get that impression. It's them two, and I think they will keep the camaraderie right. And I think if we look, if we're looking down the line. If we get a healthy Jonathan Isaac, I wouldn't be surprised if he was the centerpiece of a trade. Right. Because his his value, yeah, you can see that. His contract is favorable. And if that player comes available and you've got a healthy Jonathan Isaac, defensive player of the year style characteristics, I think he would be the one who would be one of the, this is what you get. So I think GI, that might be what happens. Who knows? Depends who's dissatisfied round about all star brick. Okay, that's interesting.
0: And again, I'm going to change what we were going to do. Garan, I'm going to come to you because we've just been talking there about J.I. So let's talk about the bigs. Wendell Carter Jr., Mo Bamba, Mo Wagner, and Bol Bol are your centre players. How do you see it working with? Potentially Wendell and Mo having the minutes tied up. You've already mentioned around the possibility of Ji playing a five. How do you see it working?
4: Yeah, well, as we've mentioned throughout the uh, the episode, Wendell starts. Um, my suggestion was potentially yeah uh, Ji um, in you know situational um, circumstances just to try it. Um, just gives us a, a different kind of lineup on the floor. Um, but as you guys have mentioned, Mo is going to be, you know, the, the first guy off the bench at the centre position, unless, you know, you need a Mo Varga to come in and rough, uh, rough up a, a Luka Doncic or, you know, someone someone like that. Um, ball, ball, can you see him playing? Probably not. I think he'll be getting garbage time just to see what he can do, unless he impresses. Um, it End of the day, training camp's going to happen and Coach Mosey's going to see how these guys do um, and and it'll be done on on merit. And if he feels that somebody deserves that chance more than one another, I'm sure they'll get that chance. Uh, But from what we've seen last season and what we know, um, I I can't see it being anything other than Wendell backed up by Mo Bamba and then Mo chucked in there for the odd, um, you know, shift here and there just just to give that bit of an energy you know um it, it, like i've been watching the ice hockey uh last couple of months right and um the Tampa bay lightning have got um two guys pat maroon right in the foot he's in the fourth line and if the game isn't going tampa's way um maroon will maroon and what's the other guy called i can't remember his name now um oh, perry they will just get in and they'll just start roughing them up just causing you know some sort of aggravation just to change the flow of the game um and as as Gary's mentioned before Mo Wagner is one of those players um and, yep. it, and it's always good to have and you do see them on championship teams so um um I think he's a valuable commodity to have on the bench just just to uh just change things up a little bit so that's how I see it going
0: Cool. Connell thanks for sitting and waiting mate, patiently there quite uh, this question to you was supposed to come about three four back but mate what do you believe the best combination of guards is between Markel Jalen Cole and Harris had I mean I know we've kind of covered some of this already
1: well it's, it's an interesting one because the the combination that I think should start might not necessarily be what's the best combination you know so we were yeah. trying to win a championship this year the Suggs wouldn't start. I, I honestly think that probably Gary Harris would start, to be honest, just the experience that he's got. If you were trying to win a championship with this team, which we probably won't, um, he, he's that kind of factor that you might need in there at the two. But the, the best combination, well, as I said, I think Markel Fultz is our best player, so he should be one of the two. And then I think... You know, M- Mikey's just completely reminded me when he, when he did his... Um, when he made his argument about why Cole should start over Jalen, that Cole Anthony was, we were genuinely talking about him being Mm. the next magic all-star. And I honestly, it's been so so long since then that so many different things have happened with like the whole, the draft and then how we finished the season and everything that I kind of forgot the potential that he has and how good he can be. And on his day, he is that guy who looked like being a magic all-star. So if you're talking about the best guard combination, two players that can play at their peak It probably is Cole and Markel for me. There's just there's so much quality there. What they can offer, like we said, both in terms of passing the ball, the amazing skilled players. I'd say it's those two.
0: Yeah, I'm 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 with you. I'm I'm increasingly coming to the view that it's Cole and Markel together with um, Suggs, Jay and Suggs, and Gary Harris playing together. Both have got then. Um, support of an experienced NBA player. Both have got a, both ball handlers have got a potential shooter with them. I mean, you look at how well Gary Harris actually shot the ball last season from his corner, there was, he was the best in the league for percentage wise. So, yeah, I, that's where I'm at with that. That's
3: I've, where got I'm a, at. I've got a question for the four of you. Go ahead. Paolo was the number one pick. Yeah, and is obviously one of the main pillars, one of the main players we're going to be building around. What players do you think are on this roster complement playing with Paolo in the next five years? If you could pick three or four, who would they be? I personally think you've actually got
0: the core of it already there. I think that... uh, I think that given a couple of years experience, Jalen could be um a really good uh ball handling. I won't say chris Paul like, but I think he's gonna be somebody who, as Markel does now, as David Steele said a couple of weeks back, he gets to his spots he knows his spots and he's gonna it's it's almost money when he gets to those spots. I think you've got the potential with Jalen to do that same sort of thing um yeah, he's got to learn to not turn the ball over so much. Shooting's got to improve. But we're talking about one season. um, And I think there's an over expectancy with somebody coming into the league that we're almost wanting instant gratification that that player doesn't have time to develop. If they don't play brilliantly in their first few games, they're a bust. Well, there's plenty of examples, as we've already mentioned in this episode, of players who have taken a a lengthy period of time to develop and have either become Hall of Famers or are on teams that are pushing for, if not winning, championships. Um, So to call somebody a bust after one season is ridiculous. I think Jalen is in that group. Uh, I think Wendell Carter is certainly in that group and Franz, for me. I think they all complement his game really well. Ability to take the ball, ability to um, either pass to him to allow him to shoot, or to get into positions where his ball handling gives the opportunity of firing a beautiful ball in for him to for for scores to be made.
4: Yeah, I, I agree with Paul. You know, he's got the the core Suggs, Wagner, Wandel. Um, I'd have Mark in there, obviously, uh, as the fourth. Um, along with uh, Paolo. Y- you've got most positions covered there um, and then it's just adding to it, isn't it? So uh, let's just hope they can mesh together this season.
1: Nick. I'm I'm going to be dead boring here. I'm going to say the same. I think Franz and Markel are the two who stand out most to me. It's um, just guys who are going to like... Be, be able to let him be the best player that he can be like if you were to put another like Paulo Banquera next to Paulo Banquera, I don't think that would really work too well because of you know he wants to be a dominant player but yep. um, no, you know not saying that Franz Wagner's not going to dominate games but I just feel like as a forward pairing I feel like they complement each other really nicely in the way that Marquel. Uh, I'm i just so so high on him right now from the way that he came back and just watching him just gave me so much hope for what we can see from him next year the way that he's going to be able to facilitate um, for Paulo I, th- I, th-
2: I think there's some exciting times to come. I would. I, I don't think there's anything controversial I'm going to say here, so I think you can put Franz Wagner on any team in the league. Mm-hmm. You can plug him in there and he'll, he'll adapt. He'll, he'll find yeah. a way to adapt. And you. I mean that any single team in the league, Wagner would find a way to help that team be better. So Franz, it doesn't matter. I think he would just survive. He's like, kind of like Teflon on like the rebuild for me. Um, I think that of the other players, I'm taking the view that we haven't seen Paulo at NBA level yet for how he's going to actually fully function. If I was drawn a comparison based on like college highlights and what we've seen in the summer league, he's a point forward. So you could say, is it like a LeBron James? Is it a Grant Hill? Is it a Scottie Pippen style where they're going to dominate the ball? And I'd be interested to see what the backcourt would then be based on like a, a point forward around them because mm. I think you could look at it and say, well, does he need a great ball handler mm. or does he need two people in the backcourt then who are going to be defending score? Because then I would be looking at it going, well, you've got Jalen Suggs, who's your Marcus Smart, that G said, and yeah. then you could look at Cole And I'm not knocking Markel because I love Markel Fultz, but if if you're looking at it as a pure, Paolo's the primary ball handler, would you just then need guys who were happy to be the, you know, the secondary ball handler alongside, which could be your Franz, your Cole, your Jalen Suggs, and looking back to Cole, it depends where his ceiling's going to be, but building on his past, when he went into UNC, Cole was one of the top prospects in the nation. That was like a surefire top five lottery pick that was being talked about in the draft where you had Lamello, Wiseman and Anthony Edwards. Cole was meant to be in that top five yeah. and then he got injured at UNC and played on with the injury and damaged his draft stock. And I do wonder if that would mean if Parlow, and it's, a, it's the if, if parlo becomes the primary ball handler point forward, would the backcourt be dictated by that? Is it going to be Markel? Is it going to be Cole? Is it going to be Jalen? Is it going to be somebody we don't have? You know, are those guys going to be comboed with you, say Jonathan Isaac into a package to bring in like a pure scorer to complement them, but just for me right now, I think Franz is the only guaranteed that guy going forward in the rebuild. So.
0: yeah, that's a fair point. It's a fair point. Good arguments. Guys, I know I didn't write this in. Um, but I did say we were going to mention about the over/under. The one I've seen was that we would get 27 wins this season. No need to go into in depth, but where we at, Gary? 27 over or under? Over. Yeah, uh, Connor.
1: Over. G,
0: I've already seen the finger up. Miles,
4: miles over. Miles and over. Mike,
0: and Mikey, over. Yeah. It just struck us um, being almost, I won't say disrespectful, but it was almost another one of those cases where you look and think, you're just doing this off of last season's stats and not actually looking at our our potential and uh, what we now have. I don't know if there's any difference of thoughts on that. Well,
4: no, I was looking at it we won 22 games last season. There was, what, about 15, 16 games, points, um, games decided less than six points. And the roster we had last season, um, you know, you were missing, we mention this all the time, Markel, Jonathan Isaac. Uh, You add the number one draft pick in Bankero in. You had all those COVID injuries. You, you know, one of the, probably the first or the second worst injury uh, hit team by season ever. Um, So to. To say we're not going to get six wins to, to get over that 27 and a half is just uh, unbelievable for me. So, uh, no, smashing that 27 and a half. I, I think we're about 35. I
3: that's think interesting.
4: 30, 30, 35, and then you'd be like, mm, we'll see how it goes. Yeah.
3: I think if they set the number close, around 32, 33 is the over-under. Mm-hmm. I think we'd that, that's a much... Well, for us, that's a much closer number to have to have to make that decision on i mean i mean for me if we, if we get to 32 33 wins i mean i know it's that, that's likely not going to even be a playing spot but anything less than a 10 game improvement on last year i think is going to be disappointing this year
0: yeah i would agree
2: gary are you uh, taking any and a uh, 10 game improvement I think the big question for the magic is, because it's going to be answered is with a young locker room, what happens if we go on a bad run? That That's it's a question yeah. of Mosley as well. What happens if we go on a bad run? Because I think in previous, like, for example, last season, I don't think it was really hidden by the end. It's like what was happening, but you had your like Robin Lopez voice in there, for example, who I do think was quite vocal. So I think for the magic, it's really, yes, I do think a 10 game improvement should be on the cards, um, if there are huge injury issues again, I think there's got to be a real serious look into as well what's going on behind the scenes there because we can't have these seasons where it's all oh, it's great, but we're being wrecked by muscle injuries again. Not ACLs, I'm talking like muscle injuries and such. Yep, yep. What's happening with rehab, et cetera. But I think a 10-game swing, I would expect that. I think, like G said, I think, I think 35 or better is probably where you're starting to set the uh, sights at the start of the season. But I am interested as to what would happen. I hope we don't have to cross
3: that bridge if we go on a on how it's dealt with. There's, there's one more point I wanted to add to that that sort of piggies back onto what we were on about earlier about Jalen and, and Cole. And Gary and me have talked about this, is Jalen's injury and having the, the, uh, the surgery to repair the stress fracture right after the season is going to put him behind this summer yeah. he's he's missed out on playing in summer league he's missed out on those reps he's gonna miss time on working on his game this offseason whilst he's rehabbing obviously we don't know the ins and outs but Cole's got the entire summer to work on his game and I just think that as well is going to put Cole in an advantage that when we get to training camp he's going to hit the ground running and maybe more ready than Jalen at that point but we'll see.
0: Connell, where are you? Are you 32, 35 wins, or are you a
1: bit below that? I th- I think 32 is a nice number because it's 10 more than last season. And yeah. I think the number 27 comes from the typical Neve basketball fan who's going to set our kind of, oh, yeah, well, the Magic aren't very good. So what? They'll, they got the normal draft pick. OK, they'll get five more wins. Who actually doesn't watch Orlando Magic basketball, doesn't understand the talent that we have, doesn't understand how the injuries impacted us last season how we just kind of decided to throw the towel in at the end of the season at times 27 is offensive to us because of the unit that we have the depth that we have the fingers crossed lack of injuries that we will have this season so I think 32 is a nice number to kind of set it as like yeah I'd take 32 but like Gary and G both said really we should be aiming for 35 maybe slightly north like 36 37 I think if we go into the season with that sort of mindset you know you're kind of flirting with the play in there which would be a massive leap from where we were last season but I don't think it's unreasonable for this team to be aiming for that even if we don't achieve it fine not the end of the world but um, I think aim for high 30s I'd expect slash kind of be able to live with low 30s anything below 30 I'd be shocked to be honest
4: make another point on that on that 27 number the Houston Rockets were penciled in for 27, right? So, they won, what, 20-21 games last season. You look at their offseason; they traded away Grant, probably their best player last year. They drafted Jabari Smith to basically go along with Green and Sangoon. We've got Markell coming back. We've got J.I. coming back. We've got the number one pick. We've got I'm perplexed as to how they they work these things out. I really am. I don't think they do work them out,
1: though. It is disrespectful because I feel like this is something that's frustrated me as a Magic fan, and I'm sure you guys will share the sense, but for years and years, that like, especially someone who's over in the UK who we don't like, our mainstream media doesn't give us a lot of basketball content. We are completely neglected. People care about the you know the top teams teams that compete and focus on them and then there's never really any sort of thought or analysis or time that goes into looking at us like when you look at you know some of the like the predicted lineups for example that like they come out with it's absurd some of the players that they're putting down make no sense it's stuff that would never happen but because it's like oh well casual NBA fans probably won't really care about the Magic. We are kind of neglected and pushed to the bottom of the priority pile when it comes yeah. to analysing teams. So that's probably where I wouldn't even... I wouldn't take offence by the number 27, because number 27 is plucked out of the air. You know, if they, they, they could have said 30-something. They don't care what number they write for the Magic. It's just the, ima- the lack of time that they put into actually analysing what's going to be and already is such an exciting young team, that's what we need to be offended by. I couldn't care less about what numbers they're right because we're proven wrong. Just start giving us the attention that the team deserves. That's a message to you, mainstream media.
3: (laughs) You tell them, Connell.
1: Quality, quality. quality. I personally
0: think that that figure of 27 is insulting. I do agree with you. I think that we're going to be better than that. Um, I also believe that... um, It is born of having no knowledge of how we play. I think Colonel is absolutely right. Um, There is a complete lack of um, expertise around the magic in the mainstream. I think when you look at what uh, how uh, Greg Anthony was sat with Kristen Ludlow the other day talking that is probably the best piece of analysis I've seen around the magic in the mainstream media for a long, long while and fair play to the man for for doing that. He's definitely uh, all in with the team. He's definitely part of magic together. He really is. So we are about three weeks away now from the opening, uh, fixture release, uh, for the 2022, 23 season. um, we're all over together at some point in the season's infancy. So opening night in the Amway, our opening home game, whether it's opening night or whether we've already played away, um, I hope our opening home court game with a view to who do you want to see us play? Do you want to see us, uh, hitting the ground running against a team that we can potentially be, or do you want to see a team that is going to stretch us, you know, a lead team that's going to actually test the squad. So, uh, Connell, let's change it up. You've been sat waiting for so long patiently, mate. So let's go with you.
1: Um, if I had to pick one team, I'd pick the Toronto Raptors. Purely because of what goes on on social media on a regular basis between our fans and their fans. There seems to be a lot of disagreement. Um, like last season, it was a lot of the Scotty Barnes, Franz Wagner argument. And that's, it's a, it's a team that maybe they're a little bit you know, they're probably going to be competing for more wins than us next year. Maybe that's what they'll be aiming for. But um, I'd love to kind of go out in the first game and silence everyone who's saying that, you know, there's some team that aren't even in the same league as the Magic because they are. And when you actually compare play for player, look where we are now, look where we'll be in a couple of years. We're going to be a better team than the Toronto Raptors. So I'd, I'd just love to shut people up online by winning the first game of the season. That would be nice. But um, if not them, what would I want to, you know, take an easy team to beat or would I really want to challenge ourselves? I'd, I mean, it would be nice if, if we're there to go and watch um, a team that might be competing for a championship. Just because it's interesting to watch like really talented basketball players play. Um, but I want to see us win. You know, we make the trip all the way out there. Also, the first game of the season, you want to get up on the right foot. I want to see us win. So whoever they put us against, you know, I want to see us win. So maybe, maybe you know, the Pistons, the Kings, someone like that, who we might be more likely to beat. That's who I because just I, I want to see us get off on the right foot.
2: Yeah, Gary, where are you going? Um, I want to see us just first of all. Well said by Connell. I'm not going to do like a, a rant into the screen with Paul <laughs> <laughs> Corgan style or anything like that. But uh, I thought I he was, I, was very like,
0: Kevin Keegan. I'd love it.
2: Oh, <laughs> Doesn't want to do that. <laughs> uh, I, I, uh, I want the Houston Rockets or the OKC Thunder. Um, just because I want to get a real early look at Jabari or Chet in person. I think the top five of this draft class, by the way, is going to be good. I really do. Um, I think it's been much maligned compared to the previous year, um, but I think it would give us a chance to win. And I also think it's going to get media coverage if you get game one, where it's like bankero versus Holmgren or bankero versus Jabari type of thing. Plus, it's two teams who are on a similar level as to where we are. Who've got similar standout players, and you've got the whole. If it's Houston, like I think their fans have kind of gone down the uh, the Toronto fan base route. Of you know, like kicking off about us using the number one pick to have for some reason, it seems to have shocked some people in Texas that the team that selects one gets to select the player first in the draft. <laughs> <You know? laughs> <laughs> I would, I would like to have a look at that one really. So Houston or OKC for me? Yeah, I,
0: I, I'll jump in and say I was going Houston. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but the more I think about it, I'm actually. OKC. I I would love to see that one and two go against. So, yeah, I'm going OKC ultimately. Guérin?
4: Well, I got a list of five basically because I went through the teams that I haven't seen. I haven't seen 11 teams in the NBA, two of which are in the East. So, obviously, we play the East a lot more, and we generally do start off against the team in our own um, conference. So the two teams I haven't seen in the East are the Indiana Pacers and the Chicago Bulls. So the other teams I've got on this list are the Houston Rockets, as uh, you you guys have mentioned, and the Oklahoma City Thunder. Um, And the other team I've got on the list is the Los Angeles Lakers, just because I would love to beat them. And I'm not going to go all Kevin Keegan, just because we've got a (laughs) a Sunderland fan in the room, but um, (laughs) I would do. Um, So it's my head. I'd probably like us to play the Chicago Bulls, beat the Chicago Bulls, and uh, Nick Fucevic and better our chances for uh, our, our lottery prospects for next season.
0: Nice like... answer, Mikey. I-,
3: I was actually going to say the Thunder, but I'm going to be selfish. I don't want them to see us play him on opening night because me and G aren't going to be there to watch it. <laughs> <'Cause>... <laughs> We're not there to the week after, so we can save that. I probably that should have rephrased like... the
0: question then for its in its infancy when we're all over there.
3: All right. I'll all rephrase right. it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. I, I think Chet versus Paolo is definitely going to be a big draw. Um, yeah. In terms of opening night, I'll be surprised if it's not Miami. <laughs> we, we always see, uh, last year I think it was San Antonio away, which was a really odd opening yeah. game of the season. So uh, we need to turn back to tradition and uh, play Miami on the opening night of the season.
4: I'd be happy if, if we do I've play- never
3: seen Miami play. Have you not? No.
4: No. If we do play San Antonio, though, it's a guaranteed win, isn't
3: it? Gee, you should never say that.
4: Oh, he's done it again. Hey. No, oh.
3: that's
4: a gar- That's a guarantee. I'm going I'm to go
1: Charles Barkley now, and I'm going to guarantee that one.
3: Garrett <sighs> oh. never learns, does he? You never learn. Oh.
1: Getting clipped and put on Twitter when we lose to them on the opening day of the season.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You just know that there is some Spurs account is going to take that and keep it as keep repeating it on Twitter and all over again. Fair enough. Look at the rest of our faces uh, because we're all saying no, don't do this, please.
1: Fair enough. I didn't know there was Spurs accounts. Yeah, let's listen to this podcast for like an hour and a half. Though, like, thank you, for supporting
2: You would like to use our links in San Antonio. Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, good stuff. Okay, guys. Well, uh, to everyone, thank you for listening and watching. Uh, you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter at Orlando Magic UK. For the latest news, visit our website also, which is Orlando MagicUK.com. So from Gary, Connell, Mikey, Grant, and myself, until next time, go Magic.